0: good evening music 185 listeners and welcome back to our final episode of the mecca of podcast i'll be your host alex and today we'll be taking a deeper dive into north american music history and culture north america has a composition of vast cultures ethnicities and expression in today's episode we will talk about the hard truths past and present that make north america the continent that it is to start us off today, we've developed a new segment that we like to call Music News. Joining us now live on the show is our politician Sophia. Sophia, can you tell us a little bit more about the tragedy that occurred in Houston at the Astro World Fest?
1: Thanks, Alex. The biggest music news today is the lawsuit on Travis Scott, which reaches almost $2 billion on behalf of 282 victims of the Astro World tragedy. World has now been named one of the deadliest crowd control disasters at a concert in the United States. There is a lot of controversy from this tragedy, and social media use in this event has shown how desensitized Americans have become to violence and death due to the pandemic. So how can we stop this from happening again, and who is really responsible?
0: We are deeply saddened by the loss of life. Our hearts go out to the victims and families affected by this tragedy. Here on the Mecca Podcast, we pride ourselves for standing up for justice and unity. We have faced a lot of adversity the past two years in every aspect of our society. Sarah is here now to shed some light on the hardships we have faced as a country during the pandemic of COVID-19. Sarah?
1: Thanks, Alex. I'm Sarah, your economist, and I'm here today to talk to you about some interesting updates having to do with North America's economy specifically in the United States. Following the COVID-19 pandemic, the whole world was hit with a huge economic crisis. The US is working hard to recover from that obstacle. American consumer spending dropped significantly as COVID-19 cases were rising. The car market and certain services like restaurant dining and hotels were hit the hardest, both during the first surge of the pandemic in early to mid 2020, as well as late summer of 2021, when the Delta virus cases were becoming more and more apparent. Recently, however, the car market has been skyrocketing with the production of certain new cars being limited due to supply shortages, which again are due to the economic hit of the COVID-19 pandemic. After turning to some fellow economists to look for more uplifting news, the American economy has started to take a turn for the better. Although we've been seeing some fairly severe inflation in certain products, American consumers haven't been frightened off, which is certainly a good sign for the economy. Consumer spending is critical when it comes to a healthy economy. With COVID cases no longer through the roof, Americans are able to go back to their jobs and are more comfortable spending money on products they couldn't spend on during the height of the pandemic. That being said, economists are optimistic about where the U.S. economy will be heading in the near future. Back to you, Alex.
0: Thanks, Sarah. It's unfortunate what our country has gone through and it's amazing to hear that normal life is just around the corner. Just a reminder that if you have any questions or statements about anything we've talked about, don't hesitate to give us a call at 1-800-MECCA. Oh, look at that. It looks like we have a caller right now. Hello, you're live on the Mecca of podcast. How can we help?
2: Hey guys, I just wanted to call in and let you know that the issues with COVID in the car industry are very substantial. In fact, last year, my 2001 Jeep Cherokee finally broke down thanks to a series of bad engine overheats. I wanted to buy a nice used car to replace it, but many of the vehicles I was looking at are now more expensive than their original ticket price. I hope we can get through this soon, and keep it up. You guys make a great show.
0: We appreciate your generosity. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means a lot to all of us. Now it's time to shift gears into our next segment where we will hear from Madison and Zach about American culture and music. Take it away, guys.
3: Thanks for the intro, Alex. As you just heard, I'm Madison, your ambassador, and I'm here with
0: Zach. I'm the ethnomusicologist.
3: Today, I'm going to be talking to you all about how music can vary across different cultures based on background. In particular, I'll be focusing on a song called Miss Sue from Alabama. There are tons of different versions of this song, and they all vary based on the experiences of those who sing it, in this case, children. This song is so interesting because the rhythm of it always stays extremely similar, but the lyrics are so vastly different. Let's listen to two examples so we can hear the difference.
4: Tick tock, banana rock. Tick tock, tick tock, banana rock. A B C D E F G. Watch those cooties off of me. Whiska wisk whiska freeze. Inky donkey, daddy had a donkey. Donkey died, daddy cried. Inky
3: donkey. In this version, two girls in a classroom are singing very silly lyrics that you would expect out of a children's song, like Miss Sue sitting in her rocking chair and chewing on underwear, getting rid of cooties and some Dr. Seuss-esque rhyming about how Daddy has a donkey. The lyrics are innocent and don't really have a real meaning behind them. This is a more modern version of the song being uploaded to YouTube in 2011. Now let's listen to a version of the same song from 1978 in New York City.
4: Tac, I tick, tack,
3: toe. Mother in the kitchen, peeling white potatoes, father in the alley, shrinking wine later,
4: father in the place. To go to tick-tac. Boom tick a wally wally boom tick tock. Boom tick a wally wally boom tick tock. Boom tick a wally walley boom tick tock. Boom tick a wally-wally boom tick tock. Boom tick a wally-wally boom tick tock. Boom tick a wally wally boom tick tap Boom tick a wally wally boom
3: to these lyrics they're not carefree like the first version the kids are singing about their experiences with living in poverty they sing about a mother in the kitchen peeling white potatoes and how she's expecting a baby and her husband being stressed about how to provide for said baby they sing about what they would give the baby whether it was a boy or a girl and then in the very next line they sing quote wrap it up in toilet paper send it down the elevator end quote which is most likely a metaphor for abortion they go on to sing what sounds to me like quote first store stop think it over second store stop think it over end quote which could mean that while walking down the streets of their neighborhood they see stores that they have to think twice before going into because they don't know if they'll be able to afford what's inside this song is a great representation of how life in poor parts of a city can be and in this country most people that live in poorer parts of those large cities are minorities. The clear difference between the first and second versions of this song is how economic inequality affects people and how they grow up to experience life. For the children in the first song, they will probably grow up with very little societal troubles while the children in the second song will most likely have a plethora. Miss Sue from Alabama and many other songs allow minority groups to be able to express how American society affects them in a way that white people do not experience or fully understand and these differences are one of the most foundational parts of minority and African-American music.
2: Thanks for that beautiful statement, Madison. I couldn't agree more. I'm here today to talk about a seemingly unusual recording of the song Dueling Banjos. The original song is performed as a duet between two banjo players who are simultaneously trying to outdo one another by playing faster and faster. I personally like this song because it shows the more fun side of music, making it seem almost like a game rather than something to be taken seriously. It also gives an example of how the music of America was adapted from the music of other societies, as the banjo originated in Africa. This particular version performed on two electric guitars by Roy Clark and Jim Stafford takes this idea to the next level by not only introducing different instruments to the song, but also performing it using non-traditional sounds produced by a synthesizer.
4: trick. Yeah. What's different about your guitar than mine? Well, my guitar is a self-exerciser. That's <laughs> a, synth- a, synth- a pity, <laughs> but you'll get none out of me. What is this on top? A roll bar. If you turn over, you do it by yourself. Yes, sir. Follow me. I got it. Do you take this dearly beloved guitar? <laughs>
2: This is particularly interesting to me because it shows not only that music can be heavily altered and adapted without changing the main aspects of the song, but also that altering a song doesn't necessarily have to mean changing the rhythm or the melody. It could mean something like changing the instruments or even just playing sounds that fit the harmonic structure and rhythm, making the song sound very different and yet still recognizable as the same song. It also emphasizes how music has evolved over the the years, being performed with electronic instruments and being performed in front of viewers for entertainment purposes rather than solely as a
0: representation of culture very fascinating information madison and zach thank you guys for sharing that sound means it's time for today's trivia segment this week we have two new contestants ready to battle to see who knows more our first contestant is evan our shaman who has a vast love for religion and trivia facing him today is Aiden our historian who has a vast knowledge of all things past and present you guys already know the drill I'll ask the questions and the first one to ring in with the correct answer wins a point at the end the person with the most points wins if you hear this buzzer that means Evan has rung in and if you hear this buzzer that means Aiden has rung in let's start with question number one Evan Aiden good luck and have fun One of the most famous songs in defining the massive blues music movement is the Matchbox Blues. This and many other African-American songs about hard times and personal struggles drew whites into African-American sounds. What artist made the first recording of the Matchbox Blues? Aiden, let's hear your answer.
5: The first known cover of Matchbox Blues was by Blind Lemon Jefferson in 1927. But a similar song called Lost Wandering Blues was recorded by Ma Rainey in 1923. In fact, the Beatles recorded a song called Matchbox that was released in 1964, which took strong influences from that classic African-American blues sound.
0: All right, good job, Aiden. That's one point for you. Our next question came from one of our amazing and curious listeners. He says, I know African influences brought many things to the new world. Since their arrival, enslaved and free Africans have created sounds, rhythms, and lyrics in many aspects of North American music. What instrument in North America were most heavily impacted by Africa? All right, Aiden, again, take it away.
5: This is actually a really good question. There are many African instruments that have taken root in North America, including a lot of different types of drums and flutes. But two of my personal favorites are the fiddle and the banjo. The fiddle appears to have come from northern Africa and Egypt around the era of the Byzantine Empire and was a favorite of slaves who needed to play more quietly than drums or flutes could manage. The banjo originated in Africa as a gourd with a rawhide stretched over it and about three to four strings. It became a very popular minstrel instrument to accompany percussion sounds across the U.S. and is still played in a lot of country and folk bands today.
0: Man, Aiden is on a roll. That's two points on the board. Let's see if Evan can catch up in the home stretch. Now, for question three. Can either of you tell me three genres of music by African-Americans?
2: Yes, that's me. Well, there are actually a ton of different genres of music from Africa. But to name the three that I find most significant, I'd say jazz, the blues, and gospel music. And of course, these genres later expanded into other genres of music, like bebop and soul music.
0: Good job, Evan. Evan is now on the board. The score currently is Aiden 2, Evan 1. Now, for the final question. If Aiden gets this one, he wins. If Evan gets this one right, they tie. Now, can you guys tell me how music fits into the American economy and how it affects it? Me again. Here, music is thought of as a product which can
2: be bought or sold. The top artists out there are experts in creating music that reaches the top of the chart where it becomes a hit and gains the most listeners. Other artists often try to mimic this song to repeat its success and make lots of money. So in the music industry, lots of music isn't made just to express one's feelings or connect with people.
0: It's made just to make a lot of money. All right, listeners, that wraps up our final podcast. It was a pleasure from all of us to share these recordings with you, and we are greatly appreciative of your support. Today was a unique and information-packed episode about North America and its rich and heavy history. We hope it was interesting to hear and learn how music and culture are so intertwined and the way that American culture functions. We hope you learned a lot from this episode, and most of all, we hope you enjoyed being here with us. Thank you for tuning in to the last episode of the Mecca Podcast. We'll catch you guys on the flip side.